Welcome to the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I'm your host, Shayla Quinn, and together we'll go on a journey of self-discovery as we explore all of the inner workings of what it means to live an inspired life. Join me for solo episodes and conversations with special guests for real, authentic deep dives into all things yoga, wellness, self-love, mindfulness, and everything in between. If you're ready to get inspired, learn, grow, evolve, to connect, and up-level your life, then you've come to the right place. I am beyond excited that you're here, so let's dive in. my love. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast. It is yours truly, Shayla. I'm so happy to have you. And I'm really excited to share this nutrition-filled episode with you today with special guest Francesca Alfano, who is a functional dietitian nutritionist. And if you couldn't tell by now, this episode is about food and nutrition and eating. And I know that that topic of conversation can be triggering for some people. And my intention is never to trigger anyone or make anyone listening to the podcast feel uncomfortable. So if you know that this topic is not going to make you feel good or it's going to trigger you, listen to that and skip this episode and come back next week. Okay. I love you. I want you to feel good. And yeah, if, if you already know that this might not be good for you, listen to your intuition and skip this episode. If you are vibing the nutrition topic and you're still with me, you're in for a treat because Francesca really has a great way of explaining things in a simple and digestible way that I hope will give you some clarity on how you can eat in a way that will hopefully make you feel good. Francesca focuses on helping women who are struggling to lose weight, by implementing simple, sustainable food choices and lifestyle habits so that they can support a healthy metabolism, balance their hormones, increase energy levels, improve fertility, and permanently lose weight without counting calories or following restrictive diets. In this episode, Francesca and I chat about how to eat to support your hormones and blood sugar. She gave some common signs to tell if your hormones or blood sugar are out of whack. She gave actionable steps for how we can make some shifts and changes to how and what we eat in order to support our blood sugar and hormones. We also spoke about mindfully eating through the holidays and the guilt that can come around that. And most importantly, we spoke about listening to your body and honoring what your body needs, which if you know me well, you know I'm all about that. So if you want to connect with Francesca, I've left all of her links and information in the show notes. For now, let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Francesca Alfano. Francesca, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself in your own words for people in my community who are not familiar with you. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Francesca. I am a certified dietitian nutritionist. I work with uh, women in New York City that want to lose weight in a sustainable way and that are also looking to improve their hormones, fertility, and learn how to balance their blood sugar through properly um, eating and lifestyle um, changes as well. Love that. What inspired you to get into this? Um, so I've always been very much like interested in nutrition and health, like even at an early age in high school. So I was like pretty nerdy about it. Like 
I, my mom used to have this like natural medicines, like book. And she would always like say, Oh, if you're sick, just look in there and you can like take some like supplement or eat a certain food and you'll be okay. So like, I was very like always into that kind of way of like thinking about using food as medicine. Um, and so I got my master's in, um, functional, uh, like functional nutrition and integrative health. And so, um, I started really being interested in like hormones after my my daughter was born. So I have two kids and I noticed like after pregnancy, I just like didn't feel like very great in my body. I had like gained a lot of weight and I, it was like very hard for me to lose the weight, even though I felt like I was doing all the right things. So I was like, okay, something like has to be going on that's much greater than what I'm thinking about or what I'm doing. And so I um, actually got like a blood sugar monitor, a continuous glucose monitor. And I was like, I want, I'm just curious, like maybe my blood sugar is off or something else. And so I wore, wore a, a continuous glucose monitor, monitor, they're called the CGM. And I was like horrified to see that like my blood sugar was high. And like all these foods that I thought were healthy for me were putting me through these like and giving me these massive blood sugar spikes. So once I learned how to like balance my blood sugar and to eat to support my blood sugar, I just felt like um, like a light bulb kind of went off. And I was like, if I don't know this and I have like the education and like this is not this was not something on my radar then other women have to be like going through the same thing. And 100%. so yeah, I really like started getting into like hormones and like women's health and like how, how we can support our blood sugar and use that information to like lose the weight in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I do want to point out, and I'm sure you'll agree, like weight gain is not necessarily the only sign that things are out of whack, right? Like, because sometimes maybe I haven't gained weight necessarily or like a a substantial amount of weight, but I'm like, I feel energetically heavy Mm -hmm. when I'm not eating right. Right. And I'm lethargic and we'll get into all this, but I do think it's so bizarre that we don't put very much emphasis on the way that food affects the body and hormones. Mm -hmm. Like it's immediately like, Oh, well, we'll put you on this medication or maybe it's X, Y, Z. It's like, well, maybe it's what you're eating or not eating. Right. Totally. And, and like, it's so important to like, be able to like, listen to your body and like, listen to what, what kind of foods your body is like also craving and, or like what you should be eating. Um, I think that's also so important, but like, it's so overlooked. And like so many of my patients have said, Oh, I just went to my doctor and they said, go on birth control. And that Mm -hmm. was the solution. And, you know, I'm sure if I went to like my doctor about all the symptoms I I was having, like, you know, I'm sure they would give me some kind of generic blanket solution, which is not a solution. Yeah. And I want to deep dive into eating to support your hormones and blood sugar, but just something that popped in my head when you said listening to your body, I've been mostly vegetarian my whole life, just out of, I didn't have a taste for me. I would randomly eat it here and there. 
And then six years ago, I went fully plant-based and I have not had any craving for any animal product. It's been really easy for me until the last couple of weeks. I've been thinking about fish. I haven't eaten anything, but it's interesting to listen to my body. And I'm like, I think I might be ready to incorporate some animal products on occasion. You know, it's like, what is my body trying to tell me? I looked into kind of the um, eating for your blood type. And I guess my blood mm-hmm. type is like, does well on a plant-based diet. It's not too, too far off as far as that goes, why I would be drawn to a plant-based diet. But I think like getting into my thirties, I notice I do have really bad periods and I do have bouts of feeling really lethargic. And I don't know that I feel as vibrant on this diet. So I'm interested to talk t- to you about all of that, because while I don't have kids, I know a lot of my listeners are around my age and I'm thinking, you know, hopefully in the next few years, I need to start thinking about fertility and really balancing my hormones and, you know, feeling good all the time. So for someone listening that has no idea what hormones control and no idea what blood sugar controls, can is there a way to like give us a snippet to help us better understand? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So our hormones are like master controllers, communicators in our body. So they communicate um, with our cells, our organs, and they all have different jobs. There's many different hormones in the body. And you can really just like on a high level, think of them as like little communicators, and they all work together in this perfect symphony. And if one, say, is out of balance, or if it's elevated or decreased, the other hormones might not do their job as well. So that's like a very simple, simple way to explain way it. Yeah. To describe it. Um, and then um, our blood sugar is every time you eat um, the food, like a carbohydrate, um, it's broken down into glucose. And glucose is our the primary source of fuel for our body. Um, and so we need blood sugar, right. To survive, to do all the things it's, it's the way it's like gas and gasoline in a car really. Um, and so, yeah, that's like in a very simple way, that's like what those two things are. Um, but the problem with blood sugar is like, you really want to have just like the other hormones, uh, uh, the right amount. So if it gets too high, then um, we have a hormone called insulin and insulin's job is to take that glucose and use it as fuel. And so if our blood sugar gets too high or becomes um, elevated, we can get what what is called insulin resistance where insulin is not able to do its job as well. Mm. Interesting. I know I always remember growing up waiting too long to eat. I still do it. I get very distracted. And then all of a sudden I'm like having a quote unquote low blood sugar moment. I'm like, uh Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm so hungry, but it is truly like my brain stops work. I'm like, uh, so we want to try to keep it balanced. Yeah. You want, we don't want it to dip too low or dip too high. Exactly. You want to keep it like perfectly balanced. Like, like our, we're going to have fluctuations in blood sugar throughout the day. Every time you eat your blood sugar will rise a little bit, but the idea is like if you think about a roller coaster, right? Those peaks and those valleys, we don't want our blood sugar to be on a roller coaster. We, we want it to be like, I, the way I explain it to my clients is like a gentle rolling wave. Like if That's you were exactly like- That's exactly what I was picturing. I'm like, <laughs> like, just like a soft oh, Like wave, a nice I mean. like ocean wave, like yeah. not too rough. Um, and that's really what you want. 
So I know that, I mean, obviously we're not giving medical advice, but we're just, you know, having a chit chat here about (laughs) um, what, you know, uh, so you can't diagnose everyone listening or even myself, but what are some ways that you see your clients? How would somebody know whether their blood sugar is kind of out of whack? Like maybe what are some signs that people might recognize or what you see in your practice? So signs that like you're you're having these like blood sugar fluctuations or that your blood sugar is out of balance um feeling like really tired so like throughout the day like that's a pretty good sign that your blood sugar is, has probably taken a dip um so like that fatigue that 3 p.m fatigue is a big one that i see it's like very common um yeah that's me <laughs> where you're just like, I need to take a nap. Getting hangry between meals is also a sign. Like if you're really hangry and you're, you know, like I just need to eat or feeling very hungry, like an hour or two after a meal, that's also a sign that your blood sugar is um, a little out of whack. Also like anxiety, mood swings, um, like those can be like signs, um, feeling like getting headaches is another one. Uh, I think that's common. Um, but like the uncommon ones, I like people wouldn't think that like feeling anxious is a sign of your blood sugar being out of balance, but it actually, uh, can be. And I see like, once people learn how to eat to support their blood sugar, their anxiety usually improves as well. Um, as well as like their sleep. So having like, just going to ask you that. Yes. Yeah, like having sleep disturbances or waking up in the night. um, That's like another like pretty common sign. So when we're experiencing this, is this a result of just not eating the, I hate to say the right foods, but you know what I mean? Not eating the right foods or is this because we're not eating regularly enough or we're not eating enough? It's usually a few things. Like it's, it's either we're not eating like the right combination mm. of that of foods in the right way. Yeah. Um, so meaning we're not getting enough protein, we're not getting enough fiber, and we're not getting enough healthy fat and whatever yeah. meal that is. So it's usually like, okay, your meal was not balanced, or people are like waiting way too long to eat, uh, skipping meals, and that can also cause that. Um, so yeah. Or, or it could be like not eating the right, like maybe your meal is very carb heavy. Um, like even healthy foods can really do mm-hmm. this. You know, it's not just like when you think about blood sugar, it's not just about like, you know, binging out on candy, Totally. um, like oatmeal can do this, or even just like a piece of fruit can do this. Right. It's you're, you're essentially not getting everything that you need. Right. Mm-hmm. And your body is like, Ah, we need help. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So So, mostly eating like a higher carb meal. mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And then what are some common signs that you see most often that give you the inclination that somebody's hormones are out of balance or are the, the signs the same? So there's like a lot of symptoms of, of hormone imbalance. I think some of the common ones, um, like acne can be a sign. So like 95% of acne really has a hormonal root cause. Um, if somebody is complaining like hair loss, um, you know, that could be a cause, mm-hmm. uh, like excess, like weight gain, like 
it's usually linked to elevated levels of insulin or if you feel like you cannot lose weight, like you're trying everything and you're, it's just really hard um, for you. That could be a sign. Um, facial hair. So excess facial hair is another sign. Um, but also like irregular or painful periods, uh, like having those like mood swings, like that PMS, like, um, anxiety is another one, um, maybe having trouble getting pregnant, like infertility. Um, those are all signs, like common signs of different hormone imbalances. Yeah. So if, when someone comes to you, what's the process of kind of sorting out where to begin and, and how to overhaul their diet? So when somebody initially comes to me, I have them like fill out a very intense intake form and then also do a symptoms questionnaire. So I can kind of figure out like what area in the body needs the most support. And then um, from there, I'm like, that will give me a lot of information as to maybe what's potentially going on. And then I will have them like do a food journal or track their food um, for a few days not everybody likes to do that. Um, so like, I'm very sensitive to the, that fact. And also we're busy and like, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe don't have time. So I'll tell them like, take pictures of what you eat, pretend it's, it's like Instagram, and just yeah. like send me pictures. Um, just so I can get like an idea of like, okay, what does a typical day of eating look like? And then from there, I can kind of give them recommendations that will be like the most helpful for whatever is going on for their particular body. Yeah. I'm just so curious. <laughs> what are your thoughts on, on a plant-based diet? And like what I shared with you that suddenly I'm like, hmm, I, and again, my listeners are going to, some of them who are like hardcore vegans are going to be like, what? Yeah. I haven't eaten anything. Nothing's changed yet, but I do find myself kind of randomly thinking about salmon in particular. I'm like, and I feel like that's a sign that my body needs something in that. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Or is that weird? No, it's, it's not weird at all. And I'm all, I'm like, I a hundred percent think that you should listen to your body. And if it's telling you to eat a certain food and like, that's, being very like you're being intuitive and listening to what you need and maybe you need omega-3s and that's why your body is craving salmon because to be quite honest like unless you're eating like a ton of flaxseed and um like other like plant-based omega-3s you might be needing that yeah um you also might need um like more protein in your diet and so that's like why you're craving those types of mm. foods so to be honest, I was plant-based vegetarian for, I don't know, like 10 years wow. until I got pregnant. And the second I got pregnant, I was like, I told my husband one night, I was like, I need lamb chops. And he was like, what? And <laughs> He's I was like, like I don't know. I, I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I need like meat or something. Yeah. And so I think that was my body's way of like saying like, you need more iron in your diet. Like you need like a lot of protein. You're growing a human. And it happened to be that my iron was like, I, I was like very, very anemic. And so when that, like when I started craving all this um, meat and so I started adding in red meat into my diet and I don't eat it very often, but like I, 
you know, that is something now that I include in my diet that I didn't in the past, actually, like most of my life, I never ate red meat because I didn't like how it died felt in my stomach. I didn't yeah. digest it well, but now I eat it because my body craves it. And it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> you know, it is interesting. And I feel like it's been a slow shift for me over a good amount of time, but I'm really wanting to move away from these hard and fast rules and labels of like, and of course it's okay. Like everybody's at their own stage. And if you want to identify with being plant-based or vegetarian or whatever that is, I think that's amazing. I think you should do that. I, I guess technically still am, and I probably always will be just given my tastes, but I'm also like, doesn't that restrict us from listening to our bodies? Yeah. You know, sometimes I do think some, some of what we eat is out of habit, but now that I'm in this place where I've fully detoxed, if you will, mm -hmm. from animal products, it's like, I have this new found perspective where I feel like I can incorporate it in a really, or I think I will probably incorporate it in a really intentional way where I'm like, I'm craving this and I'm going to eat it. Cause I don't think we need as much meat and animal products as we think we do. Totally. I, and like, you know? I totally agree with you. Like, I feel like if you like labels really restrict you into like falling into a certain box and like only eating that way. But if you're really like practicing intuitive eating and listening to your body, then you're opening yourself up to a lot of other possibilities and also like quite frankly nutrients too right so like if you're not eating certain foods for whatever reasons um you can be missing out on a lot of key nutrients yeah what are your thoughts on dairy um <clears throat> that's a good question so dairy um like not everybody does well with dairy um I believe like 75% of the world's population is lactose intolerant. Yeah, I'm lactose intolerant. So, <laughs> so dairy is not going to be great yeah. for everybody, but there yeah. are certain people and populations that can tolerate dairy. And in that case, like dairy can be a good, easy way to get protein and calcium and other um, like minerals. So you know, like if, if you're okay with it and you can tolerate it and you don't have like, maybe like I wouldn't recommend it for somebody dealing with acne. Um, but if you don't have any other like conditions where it wouldn't be beneficial, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, the more we chat, the more I just want to highlight to everyone listening that everybody's body is different. Some people are going to do well with this or not well with that. And it's so important to, of course, like, yeah, do your research, but also listen to your body and like, it's okay if you need or want to eat in a different way. Totally. Um, and like, everybody has different genetics and I'm, I'm like, I'm all for like, if you, if dairy is an easy way for you, like you can have a yogurt in the morning and that is like a quick, easy, high protein breakfast for you. And you're getting like organic and like, it's a high quality, like I'm, you know, like just listen to your body and everybody is going to be different. And so don't listen to what your friends are doing or yeah. you're here, here, see on social media, because that might not be right for you. Yeah. I love that. What are three or however many swaps that you can think of that myself and listeners could make on a daily basis, whether that be, you know, food combining or times what we're eating that would really move the needle on us feeling more balanced as far as blood sugar and hormones go. 
So I think the number one thing to really think about is to make sure that you have a source of protein, a source of healthy fat and fiber with all of your meals. That is really going to keep your blood sugar very stable. The second thing that I would recommend is to start your morning with a higher protein, like breakfast, or if you're like, you know, eating maybe a little bit later, like an early lunch, like your first meal should be something that's higher in protein. I've heard this before. So coffee doesn't count. No, (laughs) I don't get hungry in the morning. I've always been like this. I don't really get hungry in the morning, except right before my period, I get hungry. And then I go ahead and eat breakfast, but normally I don't have my first meal until lunch until I get hungry. What's yeah, wrong with me? So that, a lot <laughs> of people feel, feel the same way. Really? Um, I, I will say though, like having caffeine on an empty stomach is not great for your hormones. You're not the first person. <laughs> you're not the first expert to tell me this. Tell me, remind me. Yeah. So it's well, basically you're elevating your uh, cortisol. Um, and so like that might not be the best. So if, if you want to have coffee, great. It's best to pair it with some, some food. Okay. So if I am plant-based, if I wasn't plant-based and, and having just coffee in the morning, I would suggest somebody to have maybe a little omelet, a little frittata, a little something, eggs, maybe something in the morning, but for someone that's plant-based and doesn't eat eggs, what is something that you would recommend that I would have with my coffee that would help me balance my blood sugar in the morning? Could you make like a smoothie with some like uh, plant-based protein in there? Yeah, I guess. That's but now it's cold out. Like, I know. What, maybe what about maybe oatmeal? Or is oatmeal not great? So you can have like as long as you're adding protein to that. So like oh, like protein can, powder. Like you can add like a you know a plant based protein powder. Okay. Um, add some nuts for healthy fat. Uh, the oats have fiber, and so then you see how you like you're balancing it. If you yes. just had the oatmeal alone, that's just all carbohydrate, and that yeah. will impact your blood sugar. Okay, so in the morning, protein with our coffee. What if you? Um, so a lot of people put collagen in their in their coffee. Um, mm-hmm. So that's also something like if you weren't hungry, um, but you wanted to like have some something that was like oh, a bit more protein rich, you could put some um, collagen in your coffee and you could put a, like a little teaspoon of coconut oil or MCT oil, and then you're getting some healthy fat and it's like a little bit more balanced. That's a great idea. You know, I will say too, though, I noticed with myself when I eat an influx of oil and or nuts, my skin breaks out more. Mm. Have you ever heard this before? I've done yeah, like some- crazy experiments <laughs> with eating a lot of nuts slash eating a lot more oil and then cutting it out. My skin does so much better. It's so yeah. strange. So yeah, maybe you're just more sensitive to the fat. Yeah. But still maybe a little MCT oil or, or coconut oil in the morning would probably be good in mm-hmm. my coffee. I like that idea. And yeah. then the other one that you said was Oh, to eat a bag. I love that idea of balancing out your plate, protein, fiber. And you said healthy fat, healthy fat. Yeah. So things like olive oil is a healthy fat, olives, um, coconut oil, avocado. Yeah. All great fats, nuts, seeds. Love that. With the holidays coming up, I know, and also even with the new year coming up, I know a lot of people are indulging and enjoying as we should over the holidays, but then comes that like doom and guilt and shame and stress about the new year and and weight loss goals and fitness goals. 
And I just kind of want to chat a little bit or get your thoughts about how we can improve our relationship with food using mindful eating during the holidays. And then also, you know, maybe we can even dive into a little bit like mentally preparing slash how to set goals for the new year as far as wellness and nutrition go. Yeah, totally. Like I think the holidays are especially hard to navigate because like I, there's a lot of pressure around holiday weight gain or not gaining weight over the holidays. Um, and like that can be like completely un like a lot of unnecessary stress that make the holidays maybe feel unmanageable for some people. Um, and I think that stress can really trigger maybe some like other behaviors that are not so beneficial for our health. For example, like um, I hear, you know, and from clients and stuff, like they'll save up all their like not eat all day and save up all their calories until the the holiday meal. And so like, that's not healthy either because you're going into that meal extremely hungry, ravenous, and that will lead to overeating. Um, Or there's a lot of um, feelings that maybe like, I need to like work out harder or to like burn off that meal. Like, our bodies just don't work that that way. So I think it's important to like recognize, like, especially around the holidays that like consistency is the most important piece of all of this. It's not really about not eating all day and then overeating for that one meal or like working out really hard and then overeating. Like it's, and, and this is like easier said than done, but you really want to try to stay as consistent as possible, like during the holidays and, and forever really, because that's what makes it sustainable. Um, and that's what, what will help with like improve your relationship with food is if you just look at it as like, okay, I'm just going to like have my breakfast as I normally would. I'm going to have my lunch and then I'm going to go into that meal, recognizing my hunger, my fullness cues, and I'm going to eat for my body. And that also goes back to like that intuitive piece that we were talking about, like listening to what your body needs. And so instead of like, um, overeating or eating foods that maybe you don't really like, um, we want to eat for our body's natural hunger and satiety. And also we want to feel satisfied after a meal. We don't want to feel like maybe we overdid it and then feel like feelings of guilt or shame after that. That's so true. And in the past, when I've struggled with restricting or counting calories, like back in my early twenties, I can look back and it's so clear that any time that I would restrict more, the more I would binge and like feel out of control with food and the hungrier I would be and the mm-hmm. less lean and tone my body looked because it was like this crazy cycle. And when I actually started to eat intuitively and eat enough at each meal, then when it would come time to, you know, a date with a friend or to go out to eat, I wasn't ravenous and like gobbling everything up because I, I wasn't feeling restricted. Like, and even too, with like holiday treats and stuff, it's, it's a treat, you know, and I think you should treat yourself. And I think that you can tell me what you think, but it's like, there's a way to do it without overdoing it. Totally agree. Right. Like you, you know, deny you, yourself, you almost want it more. Right. Like yeah. when our parents, when we were younger, they'd be like, don't do this. And I'm like, huh, I want to go and do that now. You know, it's like, totally. we do that to ourselves. Right. 
I think that's like, like human nature. Like I even see it with like my, I have young kids. Like if you tell them not to do something, they're just going to do it. Immediately there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so, you know, the more you restrict, the more you want that food even more. So if you just allow yourself to have it, but you eat it in a very mindful way. And you're also like, while you're eating that food and this takes practice, like you're you know, you're enjoying it and you're eating to satisfaction. You're not like overeating, you know, and feeling sick after the idea is to feel, okay, I feel satisfied. I feel good, but not like on the opposite side of that spec on that spectrum is feeling like sick. You need to unbutton your pants and take a nap. Like that doesn't feel good. No, it does not feel good. And I also have a tip. I'm sure you have some tips too. I'd love to hear from you, but something that I've been doing within the last, I'd say like a couple of years, cause I noticed that I would eat a really big meal. And I, after, I, after I would finish my meal, I'm like, gosh, I'm still hungry. So I would get back up, go back to the fridge, eat some more food and keep doing that because I'm like, I don't want to restrict myself. But then before I knew it, I did not feel well. And what I realized was sometimes after I eat, I need to take a beat and like, let mm-hmm. things settle. And then I realized like, oh, I am full. Like, I don't know if it's the hunger cues or what happens, but sometimes it takes a moment after like eating a slice of cake or eating whatever it is. Like I'll, I won't feel full immediately after, but if I give myself like what I do now is I'm like, okay, and I'm going to drink some water. And if in 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I'm still hungry. I don't care what time it is. I know this is probably not great from a nutritional standpoint, but I'm like, I'll make myself something else to eat. And typically I'm like, oh, I am full. Totally. And I, I think that also is probably like we as a society, I think everybody here eats very fast. Like yeah. our culture is to like eat really fast. We're eating while we're working. We're eating while we're on the computer. We're watching, watching TV. TV. Yeah. We're scrolling Instagram. Like we're doing yeah. all the things. And so your brain is like, I'm focused on that story that I'm it hasn't on caught my up phone. Yet, huh? <laughs> Not yeah. all the food that I've just consume. So, you know, eating without distractions, um, is super helpful for that. Um, eating like trying to slow down. So maybe you take a bite, you chew your food a few times, you put your fork down in between bites. Um, but I love that, like giving yourself like, like that pause. I always tell this to my clients, like pause and assess the situation, assess how you feel like, maybe you need that 15 minutes for everything to register that, oh, I am full. And like, that's great advice. And I, that's something that I actually recommend to a lot. Oh, really? Oh, good. (laughs) I swear. It's like nine times out of 10. I am not still hungry after I check in in like 15 minutes. I'm like, wow, this is wild because for so long I would just keep eating, which is fine, you know, but it wasn't like I was eating like terrible food. I'm just like, why, why did I eat so much? Now I don't feel well, you know, it's like the opposite. What are some other tips that people can tap into for mindful slash intentional intuitive eating? Yeah. So, um, like being, so plating your food, I think this is a big one. Um, and this also is like helpful for snacking as well. So like actually like plating your meal, putting it on a plate, as opposed to like, if you're just like eating popcorn and just like eating out of the bag. So like actually plating your food, plating your meals, um, is like very helpful for just being more mindful um, about the food because like digestion really begins like as soon as we start seeing 
that food, right? Like, so you, you, you begin to start producing enzymes, you salivate, all these things are happening in your body. So like, you want to be able to like, look at that plate, see, see the food, smell it, that all is very helpful in terms of like being mindful about what we're eating. Uh, eating without distractions is another big one. And like, I know that this is so hard. I'm like, okay, I totally agree with you. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm like, I'm single and live alone. Like, what am I supposed to do? Eat in silence and like stare at the wall. I'm like, I have to watch something like, yeah, it's you're right though. It's much better if you can eat without distraction. I agree. If you can eat without distractions, even like one meal a day, it's going to be helpful. Um, but so like, I know that it's hard for a lot of people, especially if you like live alone and you're bored, but it's okay to be bored. Bored, boredom oh, is like, maybe you'll like come up I with know, some you're right. ideas. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, and so that's a big one. Um, I think learning to like, this is like the other top three, right? Is like learning to recognize what does a hunger actually feel like in my body and what does fullness actually feel like in my body and learning to recognize those those hunger cues and satiety cues will really be helpful when it comes to being just intuitive and mindful um, and also having like a healthy relationship with food. How does somebody even begin to, I've heard this a lot within my friend group, even we'll be chatting. And I specifically remember a friend of mine being like, I don't even know what feeling hung, hungry means, you know, and what a privileged statement, but she's like physically in my body. I, I don't know I don't know if I'm hungry or not, or if I'm thirsty. So if somebody is feeling that way, like how would you direct them to kind of dive into that? So we, I use something called like a hunger fullness cue, uh, scale, sorry, hunger, hunger fullness scale in my practice. And, um, it's like a one to 10 scale that really helps people identify their own hunger and fullness, um, cues. Um, but I think, and, and this is like why I have people journal is I, I'll also have them journal like if they felt hungry, if they felt how they felt after the meal, because that will also help identify your own hunger and fullness feelings in your body. Um, so when you're when you feel hungry, I think a lot of people maybe feel like this emptiness in, in their stomach, maybe your stomach begins to like grumble or even like starting your thoughts starting. That's, to that's me. Yeah. Food, that's a sign of hunger. Or I mean, I start to feel foggy brained. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, or I'm like, uh, like I'm melting. I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. I don't necessarily feel it in my stomach. So you might actually be a little bit like if you're feeling like a fog, feel like my really energy foggy kind of and your energy dip, you probably missed the initial cue before that. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Because I need to pay sounds- attention. Yeah. yeah. So Start paying attention, even just like journaling it. Well, I'm going to, I love that. Journaling is amazing. I always suggest journaling. Usually it's within like a self-discovery type way, but journaling is such an amazing way to connect with yourself. Right. And, and see if you can see patterns and you can come up with solutions for things that you're struggling with. And so I know that it can be triggering sometimes for people to, track food, but you don't necessarily need to track food or track your calories. It's just a matter of you gaining Intel about what makes you feel good and what doesn't. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like journaling is awesome, especially when it comes to like food. (laughs) Um, and like just those feelings. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
that's what it's all about. You guys, it's about how you feel and eating in a way that will help you hopefully feel good. I mean, there's certain things that I eat back when I was consuming dairy randomly. It's like, or even when I, if my mom's listening, she's going to be so mad that I'm saying this, but every couple of times I chat to her, she's like, she, she's severely lactose intolerant. She'll be like, uh, I don't feel well. And I'm like, well, what happened? And she's like, well, I put whipped cream on my cot. I'm like, mom, but like, you know, so she like continuously yeah. consumes dairy and then is like, feels absolutely dreadful. And so it's like, sometimes it's hard for us to um, recognize that we continue to do things or eat things that make us feel bad. And sometimes seeing it on paper, you're like, wow, I actually am continuing to eat in a way that is making me feel like shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Why am I doing that? Totally. And I was just talking to a client earlier and um she had just gone gluten-free and it was like we were talking about it she was having these stomach issues and then she said to me this morning like I cannot like cannot believe like all the pain that I had in my stomach and all these symptoms they have have immediately just gone away like I keep feeling like I'm I, I expect myself to feel a certain way after eating but I don't feel that anymore And it's just so interesting because like, you know, that's something where she was kind of hesitant to do. And then she did it and was like, oh, I feel like this is crazy. You know, like I was eating this food that was making me feel not so great for so many years. Humans are really adaptable though, right? Like we adapt to feeling like shit, (laughs) (laughs) even though that's terrible. But like when you're in a bad relationship or when you don't feel well, or you have chronic pain or you have chronic headaches, it's like, suddenly it's like, well, this is my new normal. And so sometimes I think we forget that we can actually feel amazing and energized and vibrant, you know, and it's like hard to know that there's any other way to feel until you experiment. I'm actually so with this vibe of like journaling how you feel and what you eat and like, what else would you have people write down? Maybe their energy levels or like, what are some things that people could journal? They can, you could journal your energy levels after a meal, uh, before a meal, you could journal your digestion. Uh, you can journal like how many bowel movements you have in a day, or you can journal like if you notice any like, you know, cramping or indigestion and uh, physical symptoms in your body. You could also journal like, do I have brain fog after I ate that? Yeah. You know, um, so there's lots of, you can journal your, how your skin looks really too. And you can track, like, if you're seeing any improvements or, you know, when you get a breakout or if you suffer from migraine headaches, food journaling is amazing because like, it's a real way to see if something you're eating might be triggering those migraines. That's honestly what I did. I wasn't journaling everything I was eating, but I did it for a really short amount of time. And that's how I figured out that particularly almonds, but even like eating nuts excessively makes me break out so random. Cause, but I was drinking almond milk every day and I was eating almonds for snacks and nut this and nut that. And I was like having crazy cystic acne and yeah, I love that. Gosh, we covered so much and there's so many things I want to chat to you about, but (laughs) I think we will leave everyone with this. And if you guys have more questions, you can send me a DM and then maybe we'll have you back on for a follow-up episode in the new year. (laughs) No, truly. Like I could talk about this all day for everyone listening. How can they work with you? Are you accepting new clients? Where can everyone find you? Yes, I'm accepting new clients. You can check me out. Uh, You can go to my website. It's uh, francescaalfano.com and you can schedule 
uh, right through my site. And I'd love to chat with anybody. Um, I think personalized nutrition, like what we've been talking about is so helpful uh, just to like learn about yourself, learn about your body and find out what's best for you. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I hope you got something valuable from it and feel empowered to take inspired action. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with me today. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I loved creating it, then please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from the podcast, I would love it if you would share it with them. I always say that we rise by lifting others, and this is a totally independent podcast, so every little bit of support truly means so much to me. If you're looking for more, let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Shayla Quinn. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next week.